five clinical trainees and four clinical trainees, this is Well-Rounded. Well-Rounded is your resource for all things healthcare business, policy, and current events. Your hosts today are Dan Arteaga and Isabel Rosenthal. In our second episode about resident unions, we look at how unions can protect resident physicians and their rights during the era of COVID-19. With us is Dr. Carrie-Anne Chalvoy, psychiatry resident and president of the Committee of Interns and Residents, or CIR, which is the largest house staff union in the United States. They represent over 17,000 interns, residents, and fellows. Welcome to Well-Rounded. Hi guys, welcome to All Rounded. Uh, we're very excited because we have a special guest today, Dr. Carrie Shalvoy, who's a psychiatry resident in New York City and is the current president of CIR, otherwise known as the Committee of Interns and Residents, um, which is the largest house staff union in the U.S. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shalvoy. Happy to be here. Dr. Shalvoy, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, let's talk about CIR. I think, and we're curious to hear from you, but most, you know, fourth-year medical students, when they're looking at residency programs, they don't often ask the question, well, is there a residency union? And what does that mean for me if there is or isn't one? So what can you tell us about sort of your involvement with CIR? Why did you join? And why do you think the work is so important? Well, I think I was one of those rare exceptions that I did ask that when I was applying to residency, and I hope that becomes a question that um, more applicants ask on the interview trail. Um, but I, so I knew that I wanted to be a member of a union. I, I knew that residents uh, and fellows are at a vulnerable point in our careers, um, and there's a long history of uh, taking advantage of the labor that we provide, and that that's a constant balance between the labor and education aspect of our of this point in our training. So I knew going into residency that I wanted to be in a union, um, and part of why I chose my program. So it's more important than ever that we start talking about unions and that people know why it's important to be a, in a union and the particular benefits and protections that you get from that. How directly has it changed your training experience being a member of CIR? I think for me, it's been a very direct change on my experience as a trainee because we have a seat at the table and we know what the table is. I think a lot of times it's sort of behind, you know, the way that the workplace is structured and how changes happen in our workplaces and hospitals is sort of behind a curtain. And we don't really know how to get uh, our voices heard in those conversations. But that's what the union does. It's the union creates a table and brings everyone, brings you know someone from housekeeping, someone from nursing administration, someone from HR, and they bring them all together and say, okay, our residents need a scrub machine. How are we going to get this to happen? Yeah, You're able to make those changes. Obviously, these are things that kind of need to happen, regardless of whether or not residents, interns, other trainees appreciate that they're happening behind the scenes. Why do you think it is so hard for trainees to advocate for themselves or why do they why do trainees sometimes find themselves in vulnerable positions? Yeah, I think trainees are always in vulnerable positions because it's not only that we could lose our job for acting out of turn if we're particularly if we're not members of a union, but losing our job means something different than it does for people in other careers or people at other points in their careers. Losing your job as a resident means that you may never get another job as a physician again. So it's an extremely vulnerable place to be in. And 
you know, in exchange, we work for low salary because we get training during this time period. But at the same time, if something were to go wrong or if we're, if our actions are misinterpreted or whatever the case may be, there's so many of different pitfalls that can happen in residency that it could really uh, stop your career in its tracks. Yeah, I think that's a really good point um, that people don't often appreciate when they think about the perils of being a young physician and how that's often different from other like professions um, when you're first starting out. So, you know, one thing I think that's really brought to light many of the issues that we're talking about in terms of the lack of resident rights is how institutions have responded to the pandemic in terms of both resident workload and protection. We're really curious to hear from you how CIR's focus has changed with these new challenges that how staff has faced during the pandemic. And, you know, there's so much to talk about from PPE to work hours to vaccinations. Um, So really curious to take this kind of anywhere that you're focusing your energies on right now. Yeah. And so it's been a moving target throughout the pandemic. Initially, we were really focused on making sure our members were safe last spring, um, the height of the pandemic in New York, um, and collecting and distributing PPE and organizing PPE drives across the country. Coming into this academic year, we've started national and regional task forces that are led by CIR resident members who really work together to determine what direction the union is going to go in in terms of our response to COVID. What we've been focused on lately is the, you know, the ongoing fight for hazard pay, um, which some places have had a little bit of success with, but by and large is something that we're advocating for on a state level to get funding for, to compensate residents for the hazardous work that they took on um, at the height of the pandemic. We're also focusing on fair and equal vaccine distribution, particularly to the frontline house staff that are union members. And continuing, you know, as always, pandemic or not, to win strong contracts that protect residents and compensate residents for the work that they're doing, as well as continuing to enforce those gains that we've won through our contract negotiations. Thanks so much for for all that great work that you're doing. I think sometimes they can get lost on trainees that their contracts are fluid, that they can change, that they are negotiated by uh, administrators, and, and that they should have a voice at the table when those contracts are being negotiated. And just to clarify, only members of unions have the collective power to negotiate contracts. Not all residents have that ability, and that's one of the benefits of being in a union. If a resident is at a non-union hospital, then their contract isn't really a contract. It's just a one-pager of terms and conditions that no resident has the right to negotiate. Just wanted to clarify that for our med-student audience. So let's let's shift focus a little bit to something that I think everyone is talking about, which is the COVID vaccine. You mentioned it yourself, interns, residents, fellows, we're all taking care of COVID patients across the country. To your knowledge, are trainees being prioritized when it comes to the allocation and administration of these newly approved vaccines, or are they not? Well, you know, I think it's different at different based on who your employer is. Generally, throughout um, the CIR union, we were pro- proactive about meeting with our employers in advance to get details about how the vaccines would be distributed and when they would be available to residents. It's not 100%. And in some cases, there are examples of upper management who have never been anywhere near a COVID patient getting the vaccine before house staff who've been on the front line since last March. But uh, I 
I think that, again, it comes back to that idea of knowing how to make your voice heard to your employer. And even if you weren't going to be the very first to get the vaccine to know when you would and how they were going about making the decisions about how they would roll it out. So I think that that being able to take that proactive stance is something that residents who are not part of CIR or, or another resident union were not so able to do. I think so many of us who maybe are or are not in residency unions were just kind of waiting for these emails from our institutions and felt powerless. So I think that the fact that power can be established through unions is a really important point for residents to understand and how it affects us on a daily basis. So going back to a point you raised earlier that you were one of the fourth-year medical students who was asking, are your residents unionized? This year, it's a very stressful year for fourth-year medical students who are applying to residency programs, doing virtual interviews, not able to see the programs that they may be spending, you know, anywhere from four to seven years at. What do you think these graduating medical students who are currently applying to residency should be asking? Should they be asking about allocations of vaccinations? Should they be asking in programs where there are residency unions, how have contract negotiations gone recently? What types of questions should these applicants be asking the residents in these programs? Those are absolutely fair questions. And again, I would ask them to the residents in the programs who are you know, going to have the most in- information and knowledge about that. It's absolutely fair to ask how have vaccines been distributed How did you feel the institution's response was throughout the COVID pandemic? What was your access to PPE like? Did you feel that it was truly because of a shortage or that it was because of mismanagement if some of those things weren't there? Those are absolutely questions that applicants today should be asking because throughout the next year and the next few years, we don't know how the COVID pandemic will progress, but also it says a lot about how other challenges throughout your residency are going to be handled by the institution. No, I think that's a really fair point. So as you progress through your career and graduate from being a resident to a fellow and eventually to an attending, what does the union situation look like moving forward? Well, once you have experienced the union difference, it becomes clear to you how important it is to be in a union for the rest of your career, to be able to speak publicly about your experience caring for patients during a pandemic without worrying about repercussions from your employer is a a right that's protected by your union. Being able to work together to make changes in funding in your city, state, national level is something you can do in a union. And it's not always emphasized throughout, you know, medical school, medical training, Um, But once you've experienced that difference, I think that it becomes important to you to try to hold on to that throughout the rest of your career. And so all this to say that I hope that our CIR members band together and and start unionizing more attending physicians. Excellent. Well, thank you for doing everything you do to advocate for trainees in medicine. Um, Full disclosure, I am not a member of a union, or I guess my institution is not a member of the union. Isabel, is is your program a, a member of CIR? No, we are not. And so I think, you know, especially for residents who are not not part of unions, we just need to all keep getting more information so that we can all understand how unions are really powerful tools. Agreed. Dr. Shalvoy, we do have one more question for you. You've clearly accomplished a lot in, in your role as union leadership. What advice do you have for interns and residents who more than anything just want to make residency better for future trainees? Well, 
you know, I think it's great if you can become a member of CIR to join or a union at your hospital. And if you don't have that um, that opportunity, organizing together. If if you found yourself on a group WhatsApp trying to sh- share experiences about your access to PPE, if you find yourself creating a meeting across departments to see if blood draws are happening the same way across different departments, you're already forming a union. You're working together to make changes in your workplace. And that's something that we can all do. And we have a lot of power in the labor that we provide, even through our training period. And so you're on the right track already, just working together. And there's so much that we can accomplish, even though sometimes the message is that we're in a more vulnerable and powerless point in our training. So Dr. Shalvoy, for those who do want to learn more about CIR, uh, where can they go get more information? Well, you can visit our website at CIRSEIU.org. You can visit our Instagram, which is CIRSEIU. And if you want to learn more about CIR or how to become a union member, you can DM us on Instagram is one of the fastest ways. You can also contact us through the website and definitely keep an eye out for our COVID vaccine series coming out soon. Oh, fun. We look forward to it. Yes. Following you on Instagram currently. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Shalvoy. Dan, is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of Well-Rounded. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to check out our first episode about resident unions, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Well-Rounded is made by Isabel Rosenthal, Dan Arteaga, and Lauren Tronic. Sound engineering is by Tommy Bazarian. And our theme music is by R.O. Shapiro and Micah Motenko. For more episodes and information, visit wellroundedmed.com. And be sure to follow us at Well-Rounded Med on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks, y'all.